Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Geek Down, the show where two nerds come together, sit down, and figure out where their phantoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. And my name is Jordan Ferguson. And I was able to do that without looking at a sheet of paper that I'd written everything down on. One shot. I know. I am so excited One about that. One take Kate over here. One take Kate. That's an amazing nickname. Well, it's Drake had it first, but... Oh. I'm sorry. It's just like Kate Wynn. Huh? Um, so, in... Uh, uh, like uh, I guess last season of Doctor Who, when Oswin, st- oh, she she was the new Clara Oswin was the new companion, uh-huh. and she was like, oh no, I guess it was Oswald, and then or something, and she was like Oswin, and because she won all the time, and then uh-huh. I was like Caitlin, I can do that with my name because uh-huh. it's like Caitlin, yeah. but it's with a win at the end, uh-huh. so then it became my handle. Handle for what? For video games and stuff. Oh, you know, like. The early 90s, like when you had a handle. Right. Like hackers. That's a weird thing. So people have written about that, how initially like nobody wanted to be their real selves online, but then there was like this shift where suddenly like, you know, authenticity. Everybody started using their real names for everything. Um, I In the gaming world, it's still very different. Yeah, well. Also because I'm a girl. So True. And you don't want people to know you're a girl because yeah. then they start Though saying Kate Wynn is kind of being terrible like. Terrible things to you. Yeah, I'm a girl. But I used to be, oh man, there were so many names I used to use. What are you doing? That's my fault. <laughs> now my phone blurped. What, what was the blurp about? The blurp, well, the blurp was a text message, but actually why I'm holding it here. Caitlin, uh-huh. yeah. I got a question for you. What? What episode is it? Episode 20. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you thought it was gone? I got a sexy new phone now, so it works better. <laughs> Wait now, please. <laughs> Episode twenty, Caitlin. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We Wait, did, did we have a goal of getting to? I think we have a goal of just continuing. If we get to a year of episodes, let's. Yeah, we <laughs> we we have paid for a year. Let's write out the year of unlimited yep. hosting that we have. Yeah, and so I hope we still love each other and love doing the show at that point, <laughs> or still have things to talk about because whoo, it's getting dicey, friends. I not for me, not for you. I had to make a master list this week. I uh, I planned. I, I love planning. It's one of my favorite things to do, and I did it. I so, planned. I planned weeks ago. <laughs> so even though this should be a this should be a joyous milestone, we yeah. should be very happy about reaching episode twenty. Yes, it is somewhat tinged with melancholy. It is. Yes. Why? You got some bad news this week, Kate. Oh, I got terrible news. Like, it's like this is like re reevaluate your whole life type of news. It like, is. It, it truly is. Everyone thinks you're pregnant right now. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no I think that's serious. Uh, still pretty serious, though. Caitlin, what has been removed from your diet under physician's orders? Dairy. All dairy. You know what's made of dairy, friends? It's cheese, guys. Motherfucking cheese. Caitlin can't eat <laughs> cheese anymore. And frankly, I don't know about y'all. <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. I also am having a hard time knowing what to do about this. I have tried vegan cheese for the first time. Oh, how did that go? Not the best. It depends. It's kind. Well, there are two main things about vegan cheese. One, it's not cheese. Like, just it's just not. No, it's not. It's like cheese. Uh, the it's sec- a soy curd of some sort, usually, isn't it's, it? Well, or it's tofu not. Or? It's not uh, oh yeah, it is. It is soy, but it's it's like the consistency of of pudding, 
but condensed a little bit more. It's kind of rubbery, right? Yeah, and a slightly wet. Yeah, it's very wet, yes. And uh, it's not good. I tried to put it on some sandwiches, and it made me. Well, it did make me feel like I was in the future when we no longer have real food. <laughs> um, but it was not an enjoyable experience. It didn't go well on my sandwich, um, and I just it was not very. I was very unhappy. I mean, it's not it's not dairy, and I don't think I don't think pig has been removed from your diet yet, if it was ever on it. But have you have you ever tried uh, vegan bacon? Uh, encountered this tempeh bacon well I, I i have and i actually really like it but it, it's not it, bacon it, its preparation involves the use of something called liquid smoke yes what matter of wizardry is this <laughs> the first time i watched this prepared i was like i just shook the woman making it i was like what are you doing what words do not go together um, and smoke. meat thank goodness is not removed from my diet oh, it's actually Christ. one of the only places i'm getting my energy <laughs> from at this point because <laughs> i can eat i can't eat there are only certain fruits and certain vegetables i can eat for those who are curious about this strange diet it's it's a uh oh what's it called not a removal diet exclusion oh, diet? that's the one that's the one it's an exclusion diet so i have to sort of go down to the bare minimum um, and I'm having to do sort of make up this diet as I go. And it's not, it's not like you're dying. There's like no, no, there's just some, some chronic discomforts that yeah, perhaps a dietary change would I have a lot of alleviate. stomach issues and acid reflux. And it's just, there are kind of a whole bunch of things wrong. So one of the things doctors tell you to do is let's figure it out by, it's obviously the things you eat. Basically, I was at a point where every single meal I ate, I was getting sick. Mm-hmm. Um so I was constantly sick, basically all the time, because I'm just constantly eating. Um, so now I've had to, you know, make my portions smaller. Um, and it could be that, you know, some of the things that I'm thinking I can't eat now, I will actually be able to eat. But cheese, cheeses and dairy is basically definitely off the list. Damn. Yeah, it's um, it's very sad. So. It's it's going to be a, a change, and there may be days where I might be crankier than than usual. So look out for that, folks, because cheese is a big part of my life. But at least I can still eat bacon. So it's not, I mean, it's not the worst news. It's not like the doctor went, you have to be vegan now and also can't have bread, you know? Bread and cheese is my life. You have to be vegan now. The first item of business on being vegan is you have to immediately go out and tell everybody that you're now vegan. <laughs> but it's not... Doctor's orders. It's not by a, by sort of a moral... Tr- I think that's the point, right? Mm. Is that it's a moral high ground thing? <laughs> it's, it's a something high ground. Um, but we are still, like, you're, you're managing. Yeah. It's just been a very strange adjustment. Most of it is I just have to eat more fruits and vegetables, which is never bad. And I actually really like vegetables. I'm one of those rare people who could just eat vegetables all day. Um, but try thinking about you know going out somewhere to eat is basically impossible yeah because specifically because even though someone will be like oh it's vegan it'll have tomato in it and then i can't eat it because that'll make me sick be just because i get sick from tomato (laughs) um or it'll have you know it'll be oh vegan ice cream but it it's made with coconut milk which makes me violently ill or it'll have you know have some peanut butter in it can't eat peanut butter it makes me sick it's yeah it's really sad <laughs> so i need to do a video pod sometimes because I'll, I'll, the look on my face friends when she said she couldn't eat peanut butter this is this is just a thing with you or like this is part of the diet no it's just me peanut butter makes me really sick actually most nuts make me sick 
And then, then, so, because I knew I can't have almonds, uh-huh. um, I was like, well, I'm not going to try almond butter. I'm going to try sunflower seed butter. Because apparently, if you can't have nuts, this is a great alternative. Um, one of the big things in this diet, though, is I can't have a lot of oil. So I just had a little bit on a rice cake, which is the worst thing. I hate rice cake so much, I can't even describe to you. But in substitute of a cracker, it's fine, I guess. So I had a little bit on there, and I ate it. And then almost immediately got violently ill from sunflower seed butter. So I also can't have that. Why does your body hate you? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's because I subsisted off of zoodles and <laughs> KD when I was four. <laughs> Man, you want to know to live in Hoodrich? Yeah. What recently, uh, I, for- I think I forgot existed and then somebody at work brought some in. Yeah. And while I don't usually have the item required for it in the house. Yeah. It's affiliate product. I always have that item in the house. Tuna helper. Ah, uh, tuna helper. Oh, man. <laughs> Busted out that old gratin tuna <laughs> helper this week. Uh, Whoo, like 250 and I could get like two meals out of it. Yeah. Hood rich. Yeah. Well, that's, it. that's the whole thing when you can buy like bulk ground beef. Oh, man, you are, like, set. Because pasta is pretty inexpensive. Yeah, pasta is always inexpensive. But I don't, I don't really fucks with the meat in the house. Like, I go out. I get meat when I go out to eat sometimes. But yeah. I don't usually keep it in the house. I don't usually make it here. Oh, cause... It's like a big headache to make it and you're draining it and whatnot. What? Look at the setup I have. What am I supposed to do with that? Put a Ground giant beef, fucking frying pan down there? You just put in a pot and then you can put tomato sauce in with the ground beef and you're good to go. You're supposed to drain it, though, aren't you? Well, the the pasta part, yeah. But oh, you I mean, have... to get the fat out of it and all the nasty, like... What? All the fat and oil that collects when you cook How it. How do you think you gain weight as a small child if you don't consume the fat out of, like, Hamburger Helper? Does that look like that has any, ever been a problem for me? <laughs> no, I'm talking about me. Like, <laughs> when I was a... I mean, no, I've, we've never done that. That's only for, like, wealthy kids' parents. <laughs> well, we certainly weren't that. If anyone knows what we're talking about, please feel uh, free to share. No, that's well, that's food talk for the week. <laughs> Just realized we've been recording for like ten minutes and have not said there are many ways you can listen to this show <laughs> and for, respond to food talk. Yeah, if you have any tips for, uh, if you got any dieting tips? <laughs> not dieting, but I mean, you know, nutritional dietary tips. Or if you are a nutritionist, I'd really like to <laughs> yeah, talk to if you. If we have any nutritionists who have listened to the show, uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud.com/slash/GeekDownPod. One of the easiest ways, follow us on there. You'll get a notification every time a new episode goes up. As well, iTunes, search us on there. You can subscribe to us. You can leave us a rating, as many of you did this week. Yeah, a whole six people, right? Six, That's... maybe seven. Oh my gosh. Because Banksqua007, don't know who you are, but God bless you, friend. You went above and beyond on there and just Loved wrote it. us a beautiful paragraph. Yeah. Praising us. Big fan of the news section. Big fan of Chit Chat, apparently, so <laughs> there must be love in this. Must be loving this episode. So, but we really, really appreciate anyone who went out to do it. I'm one of those people who you really got to kick my butt to rate stuff. So, I, yes. we really appreciate you guys doing it. It sort of gives us an idea, and we know for sure that there are five listeners. And thank you for not listening to Caitlin, who tried to be all humble and like, you know, <laughs> you can leave us four stars. You all left five. So, God bless you. Uh, as well, I got us on Stitcher this week, which I hear is terrible. What? And people Stitcher? hate it's just another type of radio podcast app i'm trying to accommodate the android users more oh, i listen to soundcloud use on you can, you can use it on soundcloud but i mean soundcloud won't like do the like download to your device thing mm. if you want to keep a bunch of podcasts in one spot huh. through your app 
That's the benefit of iTunes. You can just have like, boop, it's just there. And then all your podcasts are in one spot if you ah. listen to a lot. SoundCloud, you kind of have to bounce back and forth and look them up individually. And I think we've always had like a feed burner link. I think if I post that on the uh, on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash geekdownpod, Android users can use that for whatever app they're using to listen to podcasts as well. Okay. So we're trying Android users. But yeah, that's uh, that's the best way to go about that. And uh, also, again, if you have any suggestions uh, for, you know, ways I can live without eating cheese, um, then I'd love to hear from you on the Facebook group and I will respond. Yes, you will. Yeah. Shouts to stupid Matt making his debut on the Facebook group this <laughs> Would week. Would you stop? He, the poor guy. It's his name. It is not his name. <laughs> See, he will tell you it's his name. Yeah, because you're abusive. I'm not abusive. Stupid Matt loves me. He's on vacation right now. He's going to Quebec. Oh, that's nice. With the, visit the in-laws. So we all miss you, stupid Matt. I hope you enjoy this. hope you enjoy this episode. Man, I don't think you're stupid. I mean, I, I haven't got to know you, so... That key key difference right there. <laughs> key difference. Are you looking at your phone again? Oh, I want to do the air horn for stupid Matt. <sighs> so you made me turn... You made me turn the speaker off because I got dinged. <laughs> There you go, stupid Matt. That's for you. Got any news, Kate? Yeah, I've got some news. What do you got? What do you want me to start with? There's all kinds of things going on. <laughs> uh, why don't we start with, probably people have heard about this. I just think it's fantastic. That Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, yes, which is the play that is a continuation of the Harry Potter story. It's the thing that's going to disappoint a whole bunch of people at my work when they come in looking for Harry Potter sequel and find out it's a script. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, the play is actually coming out July 30th. Um, it's in two parts, part one and part two. And um, they have recently just been doing pre-shows, basically to sort of dress rehearsal-esque things. Yes, previews to, with an audience type of thing. Yeah, to figure out sort of what works and what doesn't. And one of the things that doesn't work is live owls. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so apparently the uh, a handler, ha- they, they had one section where an owl, I guess, swoops I don't know if it's through the audience or on the stage or whatever. And the owl was supposed to return to the handler and did not. And instead, also oh, to fly out over the audience and then come back I, to the handler. I, I don't know. I, I I haven't seen the preview. <laughs> um, but it just it's supposed to fly at some point and come back to the handler, and it did not do that. Mm-hmm. And instead, made its great break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, tried to escape. And Hedwig was like, that. fuck. Oh, Hedwig's dead by this point. <gasps> Spoilers. That was actually one of the things I cried the most at. But anyway. We all did. I don't even, I've never even read the fucking books. I just got dragged to the movies. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm that guy. You're that guy. Well, yeah. actually, I know a couple of you, so. Yeah. <laughs> Hedwig Jr. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck this shit. And took off. Yeah. Get some of that London nightlife. So, did it actually make it out of the building? No, no, it didn't. It was in like the rafters or something. And okay. they did recover the owl safely. <laughs> um, I just, I I almost think, I mean, it's obviously safer for the owl if they don't do this. Yeah. Um, but it's, I also think it might be kind of too bad. It might, it might take away from the magic just, just slightly. <laughs> they're just not going to have owls or are they going to like? No, they're not going to have owls. Puppetry. <laughs> war, war horse now, it. Now, I have to, now I'm thinking about someone with an owl puppet. <laughs> Sorry. Like if they had to rush, uh, they just had to go to like. They probably just won't have it in the in the script. They'll just remove it. That scene, the owl flying scene. Well, if you want the full owl experience, head to your local bookstore. On I don't remember when it is when the book comes out. But oh, you mean the script? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you gonna partake? 
Probably not. No? I, I mean, I'll look for spoilers and sort of write-ups about it or synopses, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to read a script. Like, she's still pretty prolific with stuff, right? Isn't that what the whole Pottermore thing is? Like, she just she... keeps dropping canonical details out there for exactly, people? Exactly, yeah. Some people have had a lot... Well, I've heard back and forth between the history of magic in North America. Mm. It's... Without getting into, like, a, a debate on on what's appropriate and not when talking about uh, North American history, um, when I read... The because I I of course I've been on Pottermore, <laughs> don't, don't be ridiculous. Of course. Um. Well, I'm. I uh I I mean I know I'm a Ravenclaw and um I know what kind of wand I've got. I think I came up Ravenclaw, but I, it was not like I don't think it's I don't think it's official. It's only official if you get it from Pottermore. Right? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, my okay. So I this fun story side story about this. So my boyfriend and I had this argument and I was like we are both Hufflepuff and he's like no I'm Slytherin you're Ravenclaw and we had this long long argument about it and finally we ended up sitting down and doing like 10 tests in a row and basically I was Ravenclaw for every single one he was Slytherin so points for him for that and now I've embraced my Ravenclaw nature also (laughs) you know what you talk about stuff all the time that people don't care about like girl pop bands from Japan say and people care about this no I talk about a momentous event in my <laughs> life unlike anything I've ever undertaken before Caitlin um Harry Potter is That's very important to me I went all the way to Universal Studios so I could go to Potterland speaking of which I listened to another podcast yes where one of the hosts yeah had recently gone yeah. and outlined everything involved in the wand selection process okay at yeah. wonderful world of Potter, whatever. Yeah, Potter. Yeah. Is this what you were involved with? Like, it's basically like a show that happens like every twenty minutes. No, you can line. And they bring the kid up, and it's like, oh, the the guy, the actor comes out, and it's like, oh, this is your wand. No, this is your wand. No, maybe it's this one. And then it ends up being, you know, the super expensive one. And then they duck over to the parents, and it's like, yeah. By the way, if you want to buy that one, it's like fifty bucks. Uh, no, you can stand in line and get this done. Mm. We just went in and selected our wands. And then I didn't know you could go and cast spells throughout the park. I told you about this. You did not tell me I about that. I did tell you did about that. I did tell Of course I told you about this. Caitlin, I will go back and listen to the episode and get receipts. I'm pretty sure you didn't. I did. You mentioned running around and showing kids how to do stuff. You did not mention that you could go up in front of a shop and like I totally mentioned yell this a is... spell and a mannequin would start dancing. Of course I did. You did not. Okay. Yeah. Though that was one of the most amazing things is I got this wand and that, remember I was talking about pushing small children out of the way so I could do magic and yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what you said. That is, <laughs> but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't mean there was anything else involved. It just means you're a crazy lady. <laughs> uh, Which is not one. obviously. Why would I even think that was out of the ordinary? One of my favorite things was um, you you stand on these basically discs on the yes. ground that show you what to do, what to say. And there is one big window and you stand there and you do, it's not Loomis, it's one of the other ones sure. um, to do with light. And all the lights come on and it just, ew, I was so happy. Uh, there was a couple of them that were awesome. I know Caitlin's really happy about something because she fiddles with the collar of her sweater. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I really want to go happy. back. That's how good it was. But anyways, 
I, now we're, it's just going to be Harry Potter time. We're not going to talk about anything else. No, we're going to talk about other things. No owls at the Harry Potter play. No owls at the Harry Potter play. Uh, J.K. Rowling is probably should be more sensitive uh, to indigenous cultures. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I'm sorry I didn't go into very detailed specifics about my trip to Potterland in Orlando, Florida. And um, Harry Potter is fantastic. And I'm not going to buy the, the script when it comes out. Awesome. What else is out there in the world? Um, there is possibly, or apparently there will be a new Battlestar Galactica movie coming out. Those are for all the people who are into Battlestar Galactica. I only saw the first season. I haven't watched the rest of it yet. It was one of those things where I sort of came to it behind everyone. Mm -hmm. And then something else happened. Like, I don't know, Avatar or something. And I got distracted. Apparently, they're not sure... If it's going to, if how close they're going to be to the first movies, um, or if they're going to go more with sort of the ideas that were represented in the show, they really haven't got specifics about that. Just based in the universe, but not necessarily. Yeah, with the characters everyone remembers from the show. Yeah. That show finished up a while ago. A though, long right? time ago, yeah. um, and I think it's going to be. Well, see, there, there are so few details right now. All they know is that basically they're going forward with trying to make this film. I don't think it's a particularly good idea. Um, I think the show, I know the ending of the show didn't leave a lot of people happy, but the show itself really uh, was a great show and people loved. Uh, so I don't know if making a movie is really the best idea. Like we can't get more Firefly, but we can... Keep right? going back to <laughs> Battlestar. When we were talking about uh, the TV shows last week, that we really oh yeah, that's yeah, that's the that's the one. Well, the I heartbreaking I, TV shows. I they joked got, about you... Heroes, which some people didn't understand. I'm like <laughs> I thought Heroes had more seasons, and I was like, no. Um, it, Firefly is the one. That you got a really... little closure on Firefly, but I mean, obviously, it was super rushed. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that are somewhat Firefly related, yeah, as well, uh, we always love to see our favorite actors getting work. Yes, we do, and. Something that uh, I had heard about in passing, and apparently the trailer is not supposed to be out yet, but it is leaked in various places. The one I saw had Russian subtitles. So. <laughs> um, apparently leaked in Russia. This show, Powerless. Yes. Which is starring Vanessa Hudgens of High School Musical fame. Yeah. Um, she wasn't in Firefly. But Alan Tudyk was. Yes, he was. Everyone loves Alan Tudyk. Everyone. Um, and who else is in there? Danny Pudi. Danny Abed Pudi. from Community, who we love. And Kate Micucci. Yep. Can't say it without giggling. She knows it's fine. And very much akin to, this is a DC show. Yep. Set in the DCU. Very similar to, for all my 80s Marvel heads out there, very similar to the idea of Damage Control, which was a comic series. I don't know who did it. It might have been Dwayne McDuffie. I'll correct it. Which was a comic series basically about the people who cleaned up after supervillain fights. There was a comic about this? Yeah. <gasps> It came and went a couple times. They dig it up every once in a while. I think Civil War might have been the last time they uh, they oh. dug it up. Yeah, it was called Damage Control, and it was about the, the company that would clean things up. This Powerless show is about um, the insurance company that handles the claims people file yeah. when, like, you know, a giant robot hits their house or something. Yeah. So again, it's being very cerebral with the idea of what it's like to actually live in a world with superheroes. Superheroes. The trailer was really piloty. I mean, yeah, could have done without the voiceover. But I did, I, yeah. Sometimes it's a nice intro. You got a couple yucks, though. Yeah. I yucked. I yucked. So hopefully that works out all right. Like I said, it's 
Love to see DC getting a win. Like to see them trying something different. Yes. And they definitely need some comedy injected into the universe. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe not so much their TV universe because that's pretty balanced, but anything that sort of changes up their image. Yes. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Suicide Squad is going to do so well. And their other, you know, they're they're not shying away. You know, you, th- you see the shows like this and you think they're just going to be playing with like very C&D tier characters. But no, there's mentions of Wonder Woman. You see w- the Flash. Woman makes a joke about wanting to bone Aquaman. <laughs> yes, she Caitlin, does. Caitlin. Caitlin. <laughs> punched her chest in solidarity <laughs> we have a secret hand handshake the the oh wow what's what's the what's the name what's the fandom name for people who want to i don't know i've got to make something up now man yeah <laughs> brain workshop this people brainstorm this on the facebook page the, the fan group who want to bang aquaman. <laughs> aquaman oh man my dad listens to the show sometimes. oh um, uh, other dc televised related news yeah just occurring to me uh, Superman will be on Supergirl. Um, yeah, he is going to make he's an appearance. Finally, going to make a- an appearance. And people are already petitioning for Tom Welling to to reprise the role. I, Some which, fan circles, I'm seeing that they. I mean, if you have if you have this idea, and they've done a good job, DC, of making this idea of there are multiple universes mm. where characters exist, then it would make sense for him to reprise the role. Yeah. Um, because maybe he's not a Superman from or from the Smallville universe, but is instead from her universe, but they look the same. Like, if that makes sense at yeah. all. I mean, they're continu- you can play with continuities. Yeah. And, oh, and they moved, um, part of this also is um, they moved Supergirl over to the CW. Oh, they're all on the same network now. Yeah, they're all going to be on the same network, um, which is great because, um, I mean, it means probably more crossovers. Mm. Um, They did really well, apparently, with those ones. I mean, neither of us, I don't think, have watched (laughs) any more Supergirl. We have not followed Um, up. But apparently the crossover episode, or episodes, I think it was more than one, um, was quite good. And people really enjoyed it. So they could all be coming together. So weird that, like, the essentially, like, B-movie caliber franchises do so much better for them than like the 150 million dollar productions well that they try to throw out there i don't know if it does it does i don't think financially it does better for no, them. But, well, i guess donna justice is make dump trucks of money even if we're but i think as far as either getting new viewers or making viewers or audiences happy Happy. i think definitely the television shows they also have more time to do things true i from what i've heard you know the writing in batman or superman versus batman dawn of justice was not very good um with a television show it can you know even if you have a certain episode that is not quite as good as the one before the one after it it's sort of the show itself isn't doesn't really suffer for that um, if you're mostly on the ball. But with a movie, you sort of get one chance. And they blew it. <laughs> Boy, did they. Best of luck for Suicide Squad. Yeah. And, I mean, like you said, I'm I'm really excited for whenever Alan Tudyk is in something. <laughs> he makes me happy. Um, and, you know, there are, like you mentioned, uh, some other actors in this as well that are fantastic. Yeah, I think this is going to be a mid-season. It doesn't have, like, an air date. I think it, I don't think it's going to air in the fall, but I think it did get picked up for, for multiple episodes. NBC bought it, so it's... So that's good. I mean, even if it's short-lived, it'll be... Um, interesting to see what they do with it um, and who knows maybe it'll be like some sort of smash hit yeah I think it'll just be uh, it'll be like you know 
It'll be like Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think it'll just be nice. It's not like reinventing the wheel. It's just a good time. I, I know you love Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nine Nine is one of the only shows that makes me laugh every episode, like out loud, tears every episode. I don't laugh that hard at it, but I do. I don't it. understand. Mm-hmm. I think you're broken. Probably. Um, or <laughs> I'm broken, as we know from my <laughs> new and improved diet. Um, okay, and beyond that, speaking of sort of television shows and superheroes there is apparently going to be a um a television show based off of uh the comic book called scarlet by brian michael bendis okay apparently it is going to be on hbo's sibling network uh, cinemax which i've never heard of i never heard of it i i don't have any cable so and i haven't had cable for years cinemax was like the home of softcore like in the 80s like people still call it skinamax because that's where like i got all mine from showcase <laughs> show same thing just canada's version oh, okay all right cinemax i think kind of i don't know if they have banshee as well but they definitely they had the jinx no not the jinx the nick can't keep any of these fucking shows <laughs> the nick was the steven soderbergh clive owen uh victorian american or early 1900s american it was in the victorian age um hospital drama like Clive Owen played this like coked up doctor. And never heard of this no? before. I have it. I should give it to you. <laughs> no, I think that was there when Steven Soderbergh was like, I'm just going to like go do other things and not make movies. He like signed on to do this TV show. And yeah, I think it went to Cinemax and everybody was like, word, because they were not known for doing this sort of thing. Right. Um, but they've been making moves apparently. Huh. Everybody's got to build that content library, right? Build so. that content. Um, and then sell it to Netflix. So Scarlet apparently is this fantastic comic that is part of uh, Marvel's... Oh, it's what is it called? Creator-owned. Sorry? Yeah. They're creator-owned. So Icon. Icon, that's it. Yeah. I was like, something with an eye, but I know it's not image. I can't remember what it is. Icon. Um, and uh, when I was sort of looking into this story... Uh, Apparently, people seem to love this comic, um, and someone called it revolutionary in their sort of bit about it, but I don't know why. I don't know <laughs> if you know anything about it. I don't, actually. I'm pleased to hear that he's still doing creator-owned work because he needs to. And why is that? Civil War Two came out this week. Okay. Which he is writing. Is it? It's actually called Civil War Two, meaning yeah. that there was a Civil War beforehand? Yeah. And this is the second The first Civil War comic was the Mark Miller one that was like the, what the movie is really based around. Yeah. This is now Civil War 2. They are invoking this idea of a schism between teams of heroes. Right. Which there always is, but anyways. Smashy, smashy. We love smashy, smashy. And this one, uh, it's just Minority Report. So the first one, the first Civil War was the government wanting to register superheroes and Iron Man was like, yes, we should do that. And Captain America was like, nope. Right. And then the battles that came out from that. Uh, this one, it's like I said, it's Minority Report. So the Terrigen Mists, or Terrigen Mists, whatever, that thing that makes Inhumans Inhuman yep. spread over the most of the world at one point. I don't remember. It might have been a result of like Infinity or something, some event. Who knows that I wasn't paying attention to. Um, so now you have a bunch of Inhumans running around, but they're not trying to use the Inhumans to replace the X-Men. Nope. Nope. Not doing that. Not doing it. At all. Um, so one of these... Uh, Ms. Marvel, I think it's confirmed. I don't. Is it confirmed that that's how Kamala got her powers? Oh no, no, that's, that's the beginning of the yeah. comic. It was kind of vague when I read it. I can't remember exactly. If oh it was no, like there was a mist, that that's what it was. And, yeah. and she got her powers. Yeah. 
Um, so another person who, you know, every time they need to bring somebody in, it's just, you know, it's a terror to miss. It's a new and human. We didn't know about. Yeah. Uh, this guy is named Ulysses. Ulysses. And Ulysses sees things. Like the future. Yes. So when the issue starts, you have, um, Captain Marvel's team, the Ultimates. Oh, wait, is this the one you gave me the first issue? Yeah. You saw kind of a, so for free comic book day, they put out a sort of preview, right. which is really kind of like the scene you saw in the comic in the preview comic was sort of like a dvd extra to the issue Uh, so when you read the issue you see this huge threat to earth some celestial or something is going to attack the earth and the heroes are just on it everything's going according to plan you get the sorcerers over here you get the flying people over here you got the like street level heroes doing word of the day damage control protecting civilians and everything's just going according to plan perfectly and tony's like damn that was a hell of a win like they're partying back at stark tower or whatever says to I don't know if Tony asks Carol or what about like how did this go so well? Right. Like how, how, how did Well, this... you see the guy the, well the reason it kind of clicked is because Carol Danvers is the leader of the team um and this guy who can see things is telling them about what's going to happen. Yes. Um so he tells the inhumans that he sees this thing and the inhumans go to I think they went to Carol um and her team the ultimates which is like Ms. America and Black Panther's on there. I can't remember everybody else who's on that team. Um, I believe they're called the Ultimates because they're looking at like larger scope problems. Right. So Carol's like, well, the Inhumans told us. How did they know? It's like, oh, well, let's go introduce you to this guy. And they do. And suddenly, Tony doesn't want to hear it. I don't even really get his motivations. Even Spider-Man says at one point, like, weren't we just super happy about this like a minute <laughs> ago? And Tony's like, ah, who's, who's to say? What if he says this? We're just supposed to believe him? Blah, blah, blah. We don't know this guy. And Carol's like, well, the whole point of my team is to stop things before they happen. So I'm here to like, I want to use this guy. Yeah. And Tony's not had, Tony's not feeling it, whatever. I'm just like, well, why is this? Uh, Fast forward. So I guess here's the point where we could put in this preview issue if you want to read it all in order. Right. Where you kind of see Carol and Rhodey. Yeah. War Machine, who she is seeing romantically. He's not officially part of the team. Right. He's just there. He just went to see her. And on information provided by Ulysses, that Thanos is arriving to Earth to try and steal some. It's always a fucking cosmic cube. Uh, steal some cosmic cube or something. They go. They try to stop him. Goes terribly bad. The mission is a botch. So then you, I guess you would end that preview issue, jump back to Civil War number one, and you see Tony arriving. He's heard what's happened. War Machine? <gasps> gone. No! They fridged War Machine? They fridged what? You want to know who else they fridged? I mean, who knows? It's one issue. Who knows what can happen? Right. She-Hulk. What? Yep. Black man and green woman. Down. Don't need them. <laughs> Are you kidding? I am actually really upset. I you should hate be. when they do this. You should be. And there's totally like a moment of like Chekhov's power suit like early on in the issue where like Tony and J- Rhodey are having this conversation about like. Tony's basically like, man, this suit starting to, this suit looks like shit. <laughs> basically, he's like, well, if you give me give me a new one, he's like, you got fifty million dollars lying around, just staple another, you know, gun to your shoulder type of thing. <laughs> so it's mentioned that like, you know, the suit maybe is not up to par, right? For for contemporary threats. Um, okay. Who knows if that's going to play into future issues? So yeah, that's basically what I don't know how you get this into a giant like universe threatening storyline, right? Um, but yeah, it's basically. Carol made the call to use this guy. She-Hulk and War Machine get killed because of it. And and you just see first of all, you just see She-Hulk flatline. They could like zap her back, and the whole thing is they don't know how to, they don't know her physiology. They don't know how to use her. It's like should we use the paddles? What are they going to do? Right. Type of thing. And She-Hulk is very much to Carol as she's dying. Like 
again, what are her reasons? I don't know. She's saying to Carol, like, you know, don't listen to Tony. You know, it's our future. We have to take it. Blah, blah, blah. We have to protect it no matter what. Right. So you, you are not happy with this. It's just, it was just bad. It was just bad. I just, I didn't believe any of the stakes. I didn't believe why Tony suddenly has this like flip of, I didn't think that he really, I didn't think Bendis really justified Stark's reasoning for not wanting to do it. I'm sure there's a valid reason for not wanting to do it. For to listen to this guy, I'm sure he could have come up with better means to convey that. And this then leads to another thing, which is Bendis in general. I read the thing and I was talking to Stupid Matt and I just think Bendis needs to stop. Stop what? Writing superheroes. But apparently this Scarlet is... But he made that. Yeah. That's creator. Oh, you mean mean that aren't his... Yeah, stop doing work for hire. Right. Because he has now been doing this... He's written everything. He's done everything. Right. He's written the Avengers. He's written the X-Men. He's written Daredevil. He's written Spider-Man. He's writing Iron Man now. Maybe. There's nobody left. Maybe. He's written every crossover, like just, 90% of the crossovers. Just just listen. Maybe he has student loans. <laughs> it's very possible. And listen, I understand loyalty. Like Marvel has been very good to him. Right. Everything... The, the gold-plated halls of the home that he walks in are paid for by Marvel. Like, right. I understand the loyalty. But there have been at least three classes of writers that have been his contemporaries who have put in their time, building their reputation, and then they go off and they make their own shit. Yeah. Ed Brubaker, Greg Rucka, Matt Fraction, Jeff Lemire will probably be the next one. Mark Miller. Like, you put in your time. Maybe you dip back and forth if you have a huge passion. Greg Rucka's writing the Wonder Woman Rebirth stuff i haven't read that yet but yeah he had ideas that were left over reading this book it just didn't feel like bendis's heart was in it anymore it really felt like going through the motions and that's a that's a possibility and how can you not you've been doing it for 20 years i just see i'm as we know i haven't read that many comic books that have the classic superheroes mm-hmm. a lot of the comic books i read is sort of i don't know what they call the new generation of comic books do they have names oh for like the age yeah i don't know what age we're in now the paper age the pa- the <laughs> dust ball was the golden age the silver age yeah the bronze, bronze age, age was kind of the 70s and yet yeah, now i don't know the tin age <laughs> the tin age i will because there is there was definitely a change where they you know they were writing i think it started i'm just gonna throw this out there i think it started with spawn I think it started with Todd McFarlane and these sort of new different universes and new characters. Um, and then now we, we after that, in the 2000s, we started getting comic books that were written about either other superheroes or other things besides superheroes, like Walking Dead and that kind of thing. Mm. And that's when I started to really, like I knew about comic books and I'd read a couple and I really liked the format, but nothing really grabbed my attention. Man, if they had had a Shira comic book, I would have been there. But anyways, so that's when I sort of pay, started paying attention. So as far as like everything I've read that's basically comic, classic comic book character related for Marvel and DC, I've never found the writing to be particularly amazing. So do you think it's just, is it dialogue particularly? Yeah, or it could it- just be. It could just be. And I did think of this as well, that maybe I'm just, because I don't read, I am I am now you. I don't read superhero comics really with any, any regularity. Yeah. Matt goes every week. He always has them on him. I keep up from what he's got. If he's got them on him, I'll f- take a flip through and read them. And reading this, I was just like, kind of like, were they always this bad? <laughs> did I just not notice? I think you just didn't notice. Because like, 
And the thing with Bendis that everybody points out is that he just writes like he talks. Right. And everybody, like, I don't... <laughs> he had something where, like, Dr. Doom said, yeah, huh? <laughs> like, I, I flipped through some, because post-Secret War, uh, Doom is healed. He's not in the armor right now. Right. Um, and I think I think it was Bendis' Iron Man, and I was flipping through, and Tony's having a chat with Doom, and he doesn't believe he's Doom. And at one point, Doom's just like, yeah, huh? And I lost my fucking mind and like went over to find Matt. And I was like, Doom doesn't say yeah, huh? He's fucking Victor Von Doom. He's the ruler of Letveria. He does not go yeah, huh? <laughs> anyway, I'm sure Brian Bendis goes yeah, huh? I've heard podcasts with him. I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah, just everybody sounds the same. And that sameness is how Brian Michael Bendis talks. He's, that, that's something that's been lopped at him for you know years. Right. But it could have just been like, but I don't get that when I read Brian Vaughn, you know? Oh, Brian Vaughn. Sorry. I just love Brian Vaughn so much. I can't wait to read uh, Paper Girls. Uh, I haven't read it yet. Uh, the, the trade's kicking around. I keep meaning to get to it, but I haven't read uh, We Stand on Guard either. I've heard mixed reviews on that one, but... I'm so excited for Paper Girls. Um, yeah, but I, I never got that from him, even on his, like... Granted, I haven't read a lot of his superhero stuff. I read Runaways, but right. um, he hasn't done a lot of superhero stuff. He did Doctor Strange book. He did Runaways in the Hood and things like that. He kind of always operated on the periphery. But his characters don't all sound the same. Yeah. And they don't have that, like, bro tinge. That, bro tinge. That tinge of, that hint of bro that okay, sometimes you gotta, Bendis' stuff You've got to trademark that now, because <laughs> in a week, we're going to see it on the Mary Sue or tinge, something. Tinge of bro or, or, or hint of bro? Bro tinge. Bro tinge. Hashtag bro, bro tinge. Copyright Jordan Ferguson and Caitlin McKinnon, Geek Down Enterprises, 2016. <laughs> Enterprises? Sure. We can enterprise. Fantastic. Um, this is just a long, convoluted way of saying, I'm really happy he sold something yeah. that that he's making moves on something that's not creator-owned. Well, apparently he's super thrilled about it getting picked up for a television mm. show, and he could like barely contain you know, letting no, the cat out of the bag. He's a very enthusiastic fellow. I have not seen Powers. Powers was a book I always kind of enjoyed back in the day. Yeah. I have not seen it. I've heard meh from right. people who have. I haven't really checked it out. Got a second season, so I mean. That's good. But again, it's like on the PlayStation Network. Got to build that content. I'm sure yeah. they'll give things. I'm sure the PlayStation Network will give things a chance that HBO might not. But who knows? And, you know, if he's if he's making moves, I understand the loyalty to the brand. But if he's making moves on his own shit, I'm all about people doing their own shit. Like, you have more than earned it, Brian Bendis. Like, I I understand the reliability of income. Yeah. Especially in the comic book game. You're, you're a freelancer, basically. Um, well, he's not. I think he's under contract for, like, another five years to Marvel. But, like... Five years? But, like... Sorry. Even the most Marvel people have gone other places. John Romita Jr. is drawing Superman right now. Like, right. Like, the Kuberts, Andy and Adam, did Batman for a while. Like, people dip their toes other places. He did, like, a handful of books for McFarlane and an Image back in the day. And then he's just been, whoop, got yanked up by Marvel, and he's been there ever since. Like, I guess if he's happy, cool, but I mean, returns are going to diminish. Oh. <laughs> I, I, this is so beyond what I know. As we always say, I like what I like, this is, and... This is deep dive nerd boy talk right now. Yeah. So, not, I'm hoping you guys enjoy it. Not butt hurt, though. Takes more than that to hurt my butt. Yeah. Could you put your phone away? It's so sexy, though. Anyways, I think that's it for news. I think it is. Uh, they got a lot of news. They talked about my diet, talked about Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't even know if we talked about that many things, but we talked for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can tell it's 20 degrees in Toronto today. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we are uh, meandering. Very, we are very comfortable. 
All right. Well, I guess uh, it's it for the new segment. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the things we brought each other to watch. That we will. All right. See you guys soon. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, before we get into the portion where Caitlin and I talk about the things we brought each other, Caitlin, yeah? we don't have an advertisement. No, we still don't have an advertisement. But I'm going to make one. You're going to make one yourself? I'm going to do a service to the community. All right. We're going to give free advertising. Free advertising. To something we believe in. If you recall, last week, Caitlin and I looked at a film called Wolf Children. We did. By Mamoru Hosoda. Liked it. Yeah. Overall. Definitely a beautiful film to look at. And if you would like to look at it, and you're in the Toronto area, you can. Because the Toronto Anime Film Festival, which I don't think is an official thing, I think they just kind of hold screenings of things throughout the city, throughout the year. They are showing Wolf Children at the Hot Doc Cinema, which is the old Blur Cinema on Blur, near Bathurst Station in Toronto. So for the six of you who listen to us. (laughs) For the six of you who listen to us who live in Toronto, you can go see Wolf Children on the big screen, subtitled... Uh, it will be on June 19th, which is Father's Day. It's not really a Father's Day appropriate film. Let's say it's a story about motherhood and parenting. Yes. Not really about fathers, per se, because the father is not present for much of it. <laughs> so, so yes, this will be at the Bloor Hot Dog Cinema at 506 Bloor Street West, which, as I said, is right near Bathurst Station. If you're taking the TTC, theater is wheelchair accessible for four spaces. It's a beautiful theater. If you've never been there, there's a balcony. Oh, as well, it's old timey. I didn't know there was a balcony. Yeah, I have been there. Oh, it's weird. Like old timey ish feeling. It's recently been redone. Tickets will be fifteen dollars at the door or thirteen fifty online. You are encouraged to show up early and cosplay, and they will be having art. Not a contest, but I guess a contest. They'll be giving giving things away. This will be at nine p.m. on Sunday, June nineteenth. And yeah, go and check it out. It's not a perfect film, but it is a very beautiful and moving film. And it's rare that we get a chance to see anime on the big screen as it was originally intended to be viewed. Depending on who it's who it's for. <laughs> this was a film. This was made <laughs> to be shown in theaters. So if you get the opportunity to go see it, hey, go see it. I have to work. I will not be able to go see it. So do me a solid. And I, I won't be in Toronto. I'll be in Port Hope. So, so yeah, if you... Enjoyed our discussion about it last week. If you didn't hear our discussion of it last week, go back and listen to it and decide maybe, hey, you want to go see Mamoru Hosoda's Wolf Children at the Blur Cinema next Sunday, or this Sunday, if you're listening to this, as we are airing it uh, June 19th. Very well done. Stumbled my way through that just because I decided to do it off the cuff, but hey. If you're impressed with that and you would like (laughs) to uh, have your advertising message delivered... By the audible chocolate duo of Jordan Ferguson and Caitlin McKinnon, uh, you can email us at geekdownpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you could just email us to say hi. That would be nice, too. I think that would that would be good. It is nothing but promotional missives in that Geek Down inbox. Yeah, I know. Ever since I got us on Stitcher, it's just been blowing up with offers for, <laughs> for Stitcher-related products. Anyway, this is the part of the show where Caitlin and I discuss the thing that we each brought the other, something we would probably not have encountered if the other person had not brought it to us. Well, not totally the case. This week might have on both cases, perhaps. Yeah. But, um, 
This is a weird episode. I'm actually super excited about it. <laughs> uh, before we get into the discussion of things, there are three rules. There are. The first rule being uh, the rule of three. The rule of three. Which means that if the thing we've given the other is episodic in some way, um, you have to read, watch, view, listen to three of those. Three parts. Three parts. Give it three chances. Three episodes. Something. Books we still haven't figured out about books, uh, but we'd probably do three chapters or something like and that. we had a game this week, which was episodic. I played the entire episode. Don't know how that'll work out if we ever have a f- full game in the future, but... Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll, figure, we'll it out. figure it out. Rule number two. Rule number two is save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Caitlin and I will not talk about the thing that we have been given... To each other. Until... The podcast. <laughs> and we are in front of these microphones. Which is very difficult. Very difficult. Because basically our, the fundamentals of our friendship is yelling at each other on Facebook uh, about something we've watched or seen or given each other. So we always have to, yeah, we have to find things that are not going to be part of the podcast that we can talk about. Like my diet. <laughs> like Caitlin's diet or Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, which continues to be amazing. It's fantastic. This week's episode was great. You should definitely check it out if oh you like God. anime or you like zombies or you like cool fighting scenes and characters and I'm doing motions like I know how to do punching the air uh yeah we'll probably have to have a also considering it is by far our highest rated episode yeah probably just because it's the new hotness for the season and people want to it comes up on a lot of searches but yeah we may we may need to maybe a post-mortem on that show once it's once it's over yeah not because we care just because we want them sweet sweet plays (laughs) um and then finally our third rule spoilers um so yeah it's not really a rule it's more of a policy is that there will be spoilers we're gonna spoil shit Um, i don't know how relevant it is this week (laughs) probably not uh but if you were someone who absolutely cannot take knowing about things before you've played them or watched them anything then you should probably peace out thank you for hanging and uh we hope to see you next week or we hope to see that you've listened next week i guess i should say yes (laughs) you're making that face moving on um so yeah so uh jordan i think it's your turn to start we like to switch yes and uh this week we're going to start with the thing i brought caitlin and if you were looking at the at the things that were brought, we haven't said who brought what yet. You might be a little confused. Yeah. You might be a little surprised by what I'm about to say. Because I'm the one who brought Caitlin, the Korean romantic comedy <laughs> television series known as Pasta. Yeah. How do I even explain this? I think I'm not a huge K-drama watcher right. by any means. K-dramas are a huge business in North America as well. There's a Massive. very devoted fan base. It's very it's very telenovela. Yes. I dip into them occasionally. As we know, a lot of my access tends to come when things pop up on Netflix. Yeah. And one day, I remember distinctly, it was in January, I think. So like the post-Christmas rush was over. I'm gearing up to get in, settle into my seasonal depression. <laughs> Just getting ready for it, you know, hunkering down, getting ready to hibernate and hate everything yep. until April. And I'm on Netflix and I see all these like Korean shows. Like, that's weird. I know these are very popular. Yep. Uh, and I never really checked one out before. And I have since and still not watched a lot. I've watched some of the, you know, bigger hits. You know, I've seen Boys Over Flowers, which is apparently one of the most popular romantic comedy shows ever done. Uh, I watched a sort of not a spin-off. It had like the same lead actor 
so I guess that counts because everything he's in now is going to be like related to Boys Over Flowers. Right. Uh, called The Heirs, which is so terrible and so good. <laughs> um, and I watched this show called Pasta. And I feel like coming off of our conversation about mysteries yeah. and murder mystery shows for you, I think a good K-drama is like the same thing for me. It's got Where sort of that silliness to it. It's just comfort food. Yeah. This show is indefensible <laughs> on so many ways. It's so dumb. So. I cannot defend it at all. This is a 2010 show. Yep. Let me give the rundown here. It came out in 2010. It was a series that ran for 20 or 21 episodes, I think. It's a romantic workplace comedy starring Gong Hyojin and Lee Sung Kyun. Forgive me, everyone for my butchering of uh, Korean names. Gong Hyo Jin plays So Yo Kyung, who aspires to work in a very high-end Italian restaurant yep. in South Korea named La Sefera. And she has been working as a kitchen assistant for three years, just kind of slaving away as the as the maknae or youngest. Yep. And then she is finally about to be promoted to pasta assistant. She's going to get to hold a frying pan for the first time. And shortly... On her, like, second day, or, like, her first day, uh, the chef who has sort of proved this for numerous reasons uh, gets shit-canned, and a new chef is brought in. That is the Korean Gordon Ramsay. His name, his character name is Choi Hoon-wook. This is the Lee Soon-kyung character. Uh, he comes in and summarily fires all the women immediately. Yep. Because, oh, well, he was itching to do it anyway, but all the women kind of gave him <laughs> reasons through the course of that first episode. Well, but, mm. so, a bit. One, okay, of, yeah, we'll one, of, them, one of them definitely did. We'll get into it. Yeah, he comes in and starts to basically transform the kitchen into uh, a manner that he deems appropriate. And things just kind of go from there as So Young Kyung tries to not lose her dream to be a pasta chef. Specifically at that restaurant. At that restaurant. She has reasons for wanting to be at that restaurant specifically. Yeah. Um, the inevitable sparks fly with our brusque... <sighs> Gordon Ramsay-esque chef. And, you know, you never forget your first. This was the first K-drama I watched. Right. So all the things I now know are tropes of K-dramas. They were still stupid and ridiculous to me when I was watching this, but yeah. it was the first time I'd ever seen them. The guy's always an asshole. Yep. The girl is always crazy stubborn yep. in some regard. So Yo Kyung and gets fired. She refuses to leave. She just keeps coming back to work. And always, almost always poor. Always poor. Yep. Family life usually always not great. Yeah, um, is pursued by a guy who she should absolutely be with over the guy she wants to be with. Yep, but does not. Yeah, <laughs> cannot reciprocate his feelings. And there's always an ex girlfriend. Yep, or there's always a square. Or, there's yes. always a square where like the two people who should be together are like not together, and the two people who have no business dating are the ones who like can't leave each other alone. Yeah. Anyway, I apparently also really like cooking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we know I love Food Wars, yep. more for, like, the cooking stuff. This, I mean, listen, I don't think, you're not going to get tips for, uh, you know, your own culinary endeavors. I will get into that. Out of pasta. <laughs> but I did think, even in the pilot, it did a good job of capturing the hecticness of what yeah. life in a in a fast-paced kitchen can be like. Yeah. Uh, and it also gave me my favorite phrase of all time, yay, Shep. Yeah, Shep. Because... Korean language does not have an F sound. No, it doesn't. So when you say chef, you kind of slur it into a P sound. And every time So Yo Kyung goes, chef. <laughs> it's first really of all, cute. First of all, take a drink because you'll be hammered because she does it all the time. 
and it's adorable. And that's what really sold me on this show. And that's what will make a K-drama for me is like as ridiculous as it is, if the main character, if the girl's endearing, if you believe in her dumb little plate. Yeah. K-dramas, occasionally my comfort food. Caitlin McKinnon has seen some K-dramas. I have. We've yeah. talked about this off mic. How did this one stack up? Um, okay, so when I was in university, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, I started university, I guess, in 2008. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was my second year of university. I got addicted to K-dramas. Nice. Maybe it was, yeah, I think yeah, it was my second year because I moved in on my own. And it, funny enough, it happened, I guess I moved in by myself to this basement apartment in the beaches in Toronto, uh, 2009, in like January, February. So I was spending a lot of time indoors. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> and Super dark, super miserable. I don't know how... I got into, I think it must have happened. I knew, I know it was on YouTube Mm. and I think I was looking at, I used to go on these, like, it'd be like two in the morning. I was supposed to be writing an essay (laughs) and I would just, you know, you just get into a YouTube hole and you just, and it must've been like K-pop. Maybe I was watching a video about K-pop and then it, there was a a television part, one of a, of a first episode of a television show. Um, I don't know what, why I started watching it. Do you remember what show it was? Um, I can't remember the name. There was actually two I got addicted to. One was about, uh, it was Korea had a royal family. So it was like set in like another universe mm-hmm. where Korea had a royal family. And this is South Korea, mind you. And the prince was supposed to get married to someone, but he'd actually been betrothed to his grandfather's friend's daughter. Mm-hmm. And then they hated each other. As, of course. Of course they did. And then they had to get married. Um, and it sort of went from there. Same thing. There was a guy who was... But was the other one you watched also? Because this is the thing. K-dramas are not just... I think we think... We hear K-drama and we think this stupid teen to 20-year-old uh, romance. But yeah. K-dramas actually... There are fantasy K-dramas. There are historical K-dramas. So when you said you got addicted to them, were they both like this? Where um, they had like the historical or... It wasn't historic. Like, it was set in the present day. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was set in the present day, and that's why it was weird that Korea had this royal family. Mm. The other one was about a girl and a guy in high school who meet and hate each other, but they both end up getting drunk or something, and they people find them in the same bed. They haven't had sex. Mm. But because of that, they're forced to get married <laughs> or forced to be together. And that one I watched all the way to the end. <laughs> Um, I kind of want to see that one. I got to find that one after. <laughs> and it was, I again, it was sort of, I didn't realize these tropes existed until I watched my second K-drama. Yeah. And then sort of dug more into the genre and was like, oh, it is always a, a romantic square. Like, always. The two main characters always hate, love each other. The Yeah. And they are very addictive. And they're ridiculous. They do cliffhangers. Right? Better than anything. So well. Now, then, while I was... I, I need to mention this because this is a big part of what I'm about to tell you. So, I watched this one. Mm. And I have now found the new show I'm going to be addicted to. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> so, then I was like... Okay, because so, I haven't watched them in years, right? Years. And I was <laughs> oh like... I, you guys, I'm so happy right now. I'm actually freaking out. I was like, are you joking me? And I was like, why... 
do I like the show so much? It's so what? much it's so much like the other ones. Like she's super poor, she has a bad family life, the main guy she's in love with is super wealthy and an ass. Then there's another wealthy guy who is in love with her. Clearly in love with her. And then there's this other woman, and I'm thinking about it and thinking about it, and I'm like, oh my god. They're Jane Austen novels. They're Harlequins. That's the that's the no, analogy no, I was making. No, they're Jane Austen novels. Really? You're, you're going to hold that high up? There's no sex in them. No, there's not. There's never any Wait, what what, what episode did you get to? Uh, third episode. Third episode? Okay. I couldn't get to the fourth one because I had stuff to do, Jordan. And I was like, I can't watch the fourth one what? until I get X finished. So that was in my rewatch where I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I always rewatch because I need to make sure I know what I'm talking about. I don't think it's a big spoiler to say she kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is all that happens. And, th- and that's the thing. It's not like a, uh, you know, a standard soap opery thing because people aren't having sex with each other. There's no like infidelity. It's just this slow building romance, mm. which is exactly what a Jane Austen novel mm. is. It's about families meddling and there's always a rich, not always, but there's always like this, usually a rich guy who is aloof, specifically Mr. Darcy. Mm. And there's always another guy who's interested in the main character who she finds out either doesn't end up liking or finds out isn't a jerk. And there's always this other love interest or perceived love interest of the main guy she's into. She is always poor. Like all these things started clicking. And I was (laughs) like, that's why I love these things so much. And sure enough, I went online and I found someone who'd done this. People have pointed this out. Side by side comparison of like all these standard things. Really? But specifically it is the low broil romance because there is no, it's not about, sex it's just about attraction right and romantic things like cactuses apparently um that's in the show um so yeah that was sort of what immediately got me that first episode i was like oh no i'm in so much trouble and i was like i'm gonna watch this episode and then i'm gonna watch an episode tomorrow i'm gonna spread it out watch all three episodes in one sitting and these are solid hours. Yeah. There's no, it's not like an hour and there was commercials. I don't know if they even show commercials in Korea. These are like an hour and I five think, minutes. I think they do because they're kind of looks like they're spots where commercials are. Okay. Yeah. Eventually, um, my lovely boyfriend just closed the door. To the, like it just went off to do something <laughs> else. And then, but he'd come back in and I'd have to tell him the whole rundown of what had happened. <laughs> oh my God. And he was actually getting interested because I was like so into it. And the third, you know, they are horribly cheesy and ridiculous and tropey, but like third episode, I'm bawling my eyes out. Oh, is that the end by the elevator where she's crying? Um, or did that happen later? But no, before that, but, but about her mother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that was like that was right. Ooh, that hit something. So yeah, she and wa- she's actually a good actress. She is really good and charismatic, and like you, be- yeah. you believe in her. What's the opposite of a Mary Sue, by the way? If the Mary Sue, if a Mary Sue could do everything, <laughs> um, what do you call somebody who can't do anything? Because <laughs> that's her. Okay, but okay, there now. This is where I get into some some problems. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy, wonderful, uh, dramatic, sometimes over dramatic. Mm-hmm silly okay and it, it actually it's weird because if you took a lot of the silliness out it actually could be a really just good standard drama yeah like a, a legit drama but of course you have to have that element of ridiculousness um i just want to say i'm really happy that everybody in the kitchen has a different hat yeah so you can tell people <laughs> apart um like the two main male leads i actually had trouble telling them apart mm. i don't know why i don't know if it's because i because know because you're a racist kate don't 
say that. <laughs> like that's I'm teasing. You're not. I actually feel really bad at that. Not. But I, I think it's because they do look quite alike. Yes. Um, they both have like you know the spiky hair. They're with similar heights. Yeah. And, and by now, like now, by second episode, I got it. But the first episode, I wasn't quite sure who people were. Mm. And because, especially because he changes outfits from his like casual. Oh yeah. If, clothes if he's not chef- in his chef, if he's not in his chef's clothes. It's- um. But like, and I love all the girls. Anyway, sorry. We'll get back to the things I love. But the things that I have issues with... Issues, yes. Um, was that all the wasted spaghetti, I actually was having a meltdown. <laughs> so there's this big, long oh. scene where she's trying to make olive oil and spaghetti. Oh, you did? Okay, you did. I, th- I said the same thing. I was like, does she have a garbage disposal I or just, something? I just, like, I couldn't handle it. Like, I was like, oh my God, so much wasted spaghetti. And that whole thing was ridiculous about having to wait for the spaghetti to taste good and olive oil. Like, that this, was just... This is the moment where it's like as close as the show gets to... Well, no, it does this a couple times, where it gets really like Food Wars Iron Chef-ish, where like, yeah. she's been fired again... She's trying to get her job back. They need a new kitchen assistant. The chef, we'll just call him Shep. Shep Shep has agreed to hold a blind taste test. Whoever makes the best plain olive oil pasta. Yeah. uh, Whoever it is. Whoever it is, they get hired. Yeah. Olive oil pasta is something specific that ties into Suyo Kyung because that's what her mother wanted to before she died. Her mother wanted to go to this restaurant and share a meal. Suyo Kyung was a teenager and was very much like, you know what are you doing? We can't afford this. And his mom's just like, no, just get the cheapest thing, you know, whatever. The cheapest thing on the menu when she goes back after her mother has died to try and like make this right, realizing, regretting and realizing what she was unable to notice at the time is olive oil pasta. So that's why she really wants to get good at making it. And yes, there's a scene where she's in her apartment repeatedly attempting to make olive oil pasta as good as Shep's, which she has tasted by this point. And trying to get that flavor, and she can't do it, and she is just throwing pot after pot of pasta into the sink. In the sink, sink. and I just can't handle it. Like, it actually makes me really, really upset seeing all that wasted food. Even if it's for a TV show, I don't care. Um, (laughs) So that was sort of both the trying it over and over again, and the fact that olive oil pasta is that hard to make, and the fact that she just can't. And oh yeah, and that that it's about having it take, like... You have to wait seasoning it or whatever in such a way that it maintains its flavor. And you have to wait over the course of a. The flavor shouldn't suffer. But the big thing is that the flavor that she ends up eating some out of the sink, which I have done. Okay, (laughs) I was in a bad place in my life. No judgment. We have all eaten sink pasta in our lives. Um. So she ends up tasting it after a little bit of time, and it's actually really good. And she finds the power in herself. Blah blah blah. That was just that whole bit was unbelievable. Like so unbelievable. And then the other point is the very rich. TV show chef host having to move in as a roommate with her, right. which happens in the third. She's going to view this apartment in the third episode. I, that doesn't make that. Well, no, she doesn't think she's staying at that point. Yes, she does. No, because uh, you didn't get to the fourth episode. In the fourth no. episode, she's looking and like she tries to call home to like go back home. She doesn't know where she's going to live. Oh, okay. They do end up as roommates together, but but just and they, they didn't do a good job. They do make it seem like she's just going to stay living there in famous TV chef ex-girlfriend is gonna show up and they're gonna be roomies it's yeah anyways that was i was just like she's so wealthy (laughs) she's so wealthy that was unbelievable fun things i did like though yeah so now we'll move on and they're just those unbelievable bits really pop you out of the world like Mm. they really make make you go oh come on (laughs) that's ridiculous it's just like um they have these little tropes 
it's in the show where they'll do a shot, like a really classic, almost teen movie shot. shot. Well, they, they do someone being really cool with like a long jacket walking down a hall. Like they do a lot of that stuff. Or the That's that's fan service for people who love K-dramas, right? Like Yes. Like so, yeah, Shep fires all the women and brings in his like Italian trained team of beautiful boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to So now he can have a kitchen full of men. And they're all super cool. And they're all super cool. And one guy especially, he comes in wearing like a fucking fur vest. <laughs> yeah. Like that is not appropriate for food preparation. <laughs> no. And he doesn't, he's not allowed to take it off. Like the, <laughs> the chef is just like, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> Got pasta to make people. Yeah. Uh, yes. But that, you know, his, the way, the way that dude especially poses and like, you know, puts his jacket on. Well, and he also cool. spins a measuring his cup t- or, or something. Or tongs or, or something. His, over and over again. Like it's like the thing he does. And I'm just like, I will punch you in the face. <laughs> Anyway, so those are some of the things that really, like, even though you're really into the silliness of it, it does pop you out of the world a little bit. Mm -hmm. There are some amazing things. Again, main actress is actually a fantastic actress. I like that she has this horrible relationship with her father. Yeah. The thing I've taken from K-dramas is that the Korean parents are terrible overall. (laughs) Like, Well, and, and I think it... I mean, again, this is one of those things where it actually could, they could have some really, I don't know if there are really legitimate dramas in Korea. Like, I know so little about their mm. TV culture. I hope there are, though, because I could see the makings of actually really interesting, powerful dramas about families and society and stuff. If you know about this, someone please get back to me. Yeah, if you if any of the K-drama heads out there know of shows that do away with the cheese and the silliness not that we're averse to cheese and silliness no i just i'm really curious to know because again her when she's you know she's talking about her mother and she's she's sitting there in the restaurant she's eating the olive oil pasta and she's just and there's that mother at the side with her three daughters and oh i lost it and she's sobbing as she eats the pasta and talking to her mom about how good it is and just i lost it (laughs) um there were a couple points and even when, like, that's a stand, like, the, her acting is standout, but also there are s- silly standout parts that don't go totally overboard. But at one point, she's, I think she's fired again. She basically gets fired, like, three times. Um, and she's fired again, and she's about to leave, but she decides to make herself something to eat. And she's, like, crying and eating the pasta out of the, the bowl. And I was like, I've done that so many times. <laughs> the crying, eating pasta. It's just, like, a thing that I do. That was a fantastic scene. There's a couple of them, things with the goldfish, where she has to hold the goldfish in her hand. For whatever reason. <laughs> listen, I liken this to a woman I was dating at the time was, she was a teacher, and this is when Twilight was blowing up. Yeah. And she didn't understand. She used to shit on Twilight all the time. It's so stupid. so garbage. I don't know why these kids like it. She's like, but I want to know what they're talking about. So I'm just going to, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to burn through these books. Yeah. Okay. She got on the plane hating Twilight. And when she got off the plane, <laughs> she was like, I am so fucking all in. And I'm like, what happened? And she said, the meadow, the meadow happened. Like that was the thing for her. The goldfish thing is what locked me into this show for some reason. Again, it was January. It was dark at five o'clock. Yeah. I was sinking into seasonal depression. So when she dropped those fucking fish in the street, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, no, no, she, not the she fish, did, not she the didn't fish. She drop them. Some asshole, like, punched her <laughs> and, like, they went flying. Uh, she's gone to pick up, like, supplies for the restaurant. And the dude, like, gives her two goldfish in a bag. And, yeah. yeah, she drops them in the middle of the street. This is the first time she meets Shep. She doesn't know who Shep is or whatever. No. He's just a stranger who, like, sees this and has her cup her hands and pour some of his bottle of water out there to keep the fish alive. And I'm like, protect the fish. You have to protect the fish. <laughs> And then, though, this breeds a nickname for her, which I hate 
initially, I'm sure it's going to grow into something better, but he calls her goldfish because she doesn't give up and she's stubborn and she has no memory and doesn't remember. She's fired, as he always says. He just, she just keeps going back to work. <laughs> yeah, she keeps on going back. She refuses to give up. Uh, again, this is one of those things that I liked, but could have even been better. Um, basically, the reason he doesn't want women in his kitchen and he fires them and is kind of misogynist is because... <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, it's because of one woman. Yes. Who I had... I didn't... I maybe read ahead. Uh, I shouldn't have, but I got really, the first episode, I got really um, anxious because I thought she was going to be really bad at her job when mm. actually she's really good at her job. In some um, ways. Well, she doesn't know how to be a chef. Yeah. Though, that's the other, sorry, to go on another tangent, she went to school to be a chef. Yes. For, what did what was it, like two years? Something like that. I'm assuming it was like a community college. Like, how does she not know how to make anything? Like <laughs> olive oil pasta. I know how to make olive oil pasta. I think she knows how to make it. It's just not up to the standards that she would like. All right, they don't really mention <laughs> that. They, she just keeps on throwing pasta away. Anyways, so, but she's good at being, like, doing kitchen prep and helping all the other chefs and Oh, yeah, and she's, stuff, like, she's like, like a beast on the support role. She's yeah, like, and, uh, you know, it's obvious that she can do... she. If given a chance, she could do a really good job. So back to... So I, I had to look ahead because the first episode, I was just really anxious. You're super anxious. That she was going to be... And I can't stand being anxious while watching television. Drives me nuts. So I just... I looked on the Wikipedia page, wanted to make sure she was actually good at her job. <laughs> and then I saw, you know, he fires all the women because of one woman. And yes. I know the reason why. I'm not going to spoil that. There's no point. It doesn't add anything to the story. I haven't even got to that point yet. And I was like, that... That's stupid. I would have just liked him to be a straight up misogynist and then ha- like having to prove to some asshole of a guy that she's just as good as anybody else or she has as much potential as anybody else. But he's been wounded, Caitlin. Uh, he's so wounded and damaged. Stupid. And her, her, her stick to and, and inherent goodness will, will win him over. Which, again, I love Jane Austen, and that's what you just described, basically, a Jane Austen novel. But, so, yeah, there were bits and pieces that um, I thought were done better than others. I loved her just, like, being asleep in his locker and being like, if I went home, I know I'd never come back. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, my leg cramped. I can't, I can't get up. Like, it's just kind of ridiculous. And um, it should be said, she's speak- not a total shrinking violet she does She's stand up to him a few times and she more and more stands up to him um like God, so you're, you're not at the great pickle war yet no i'm not at the great pickle <laughs> oh, war because right apparently this is the oh thing. wait i saw the preview for the next episode though yeah because it's like is it pickled so, kimchi so now, is that what it well, is well shep is kind of things have kind of settled yeah you know she has earned her place in the kitchen again okay yeah. fine now shep wants to really get to work and start changing things yeah like he doesn't want him to use as much sauce yeah because you know you're not making black bean noodles like you know, they shouldn't need spoons to eat the remaining sauce. Right. All the sauce should be soaked up in the pasta. As well, pickles, they're loaded with sugar. If anybody knew how they were made, you know, they wouldn't bother with it. Like, right. it's so unhealthy. And everybody loses their fucking minds about the pickles. <laughs> everybody on staff is like, you know, the manager with the bushy hair, you know, whatever. Yeah. He's like, you can't get rid of the pickles. But this is a thing, apparently. I looked this up. This is apparently a legit thing in Korea. Well, pickles are served with everything. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I've been to, I love Korean food, um, and they always give, they have um, the kimchi, they've got, like, a other pickled thing that they give, sweet potato. Um, this is just, like, straight cucumbers, like, like, we know. Oh, really? Like, just straight okay, that I've cucumber never had. pickles. Appa- yeah, because apparently they find 
Western food, Italian food, especially cream sauces, like too rich. Right. So the pickles, I guess. I don't cut know, it. Cut that down. And it's like a major thing. And the fact that Shep wants to like cut out the pickles is like a huge thing. So yeah, this is like a three episode arc about, you know, the great, the great pasta pickle war. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, another thing, what was really interesting to know, I didn't realize is that uh, South Koreans really sneer at like Chinese food places. Yeah. Like it's a big like... I mean, I, I saw that in him mocking her for basically her father owning a Chinese food quote, restaurant. third rate Chinese. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. That's what, that's what uh, Soyo Kyung's father does and how she's got her basic training. Yeah. Sort of in cooking is that he owns a Chinese restaurant or yeah. delivery service. So yeah, there are some really standout moments. I really like the characters. I love the girls. I mentioned them before, which are the, the other girls who get fired. The three girls who get the trio who gets fired. Um, I, I mean, they are in there for comedic effect and silliness. Um, I still have, there's sort of this, I think it's a, a cultural thing in, I don't know much about Chinese television, um, but definitely in animes and in Korean dramas, they have this whininess. <laughs> like, they, they get really, like, drag their heels and arms and everything's going to be terrible. No, yeah, I think that was just getting exaggeratedly played up the oh, mi- the yeah. middle one the girlfriend the one who's dating one of the other chefs yeah, she, and she really leans into that also oh the cute um chubby one i i don't know her name but i, I liked her as well um i mean she's the one who if anyone got is gonna get fired she definitely should have been fired yeah that's the thing how are you gonna say you shouldn't have gotten fired when you like oh, yeah. went and yelled at a customer and threw a live lobster at him yeah she even though that was hilarious but she should definitely be fired the rest of the girls i mean the guys did as many horrible things as the girls did yeah. also the ice cube oil thing was totally Shep's fault. He <laughs> bashed into her and threw it was, her. It was his fault against the counter. Anyways, uh, so yeah, there are things I really liked, things I didn't like, but it was as far as K dramas go. I've seen clips of other ones, and I watched those two I mentioned before, which I wish I knew the names of. Um, but this is this third one is definitely the best one. Nothing, nothing you didn't like that was too much to not- make you not continue watching it not really like it actually surprised me i thought it was gonna do a couple things so a big point is in the series in the first episode the main female character and the main male character shep what's her name her name is so yo kyung so what i guess yo kyung would be her first name okay they meet and they don't know who each other are. And then yes. he at basically asks her for a date b- before she knows that he's Shep. Right. right and right, right. after he fires her, he asks, he's like, remember our date? And I'm surprised, <laughs> like, because it's actually kind of a funny scene. They're standing in the middle of this intersection. And, like, you think they're going to resolve everything before the light turns red? No, the light turns red and all the cars <laughs> are whizzing past just them. just keeps standing there. Um, and also she he's like, well, I have no time for this and like walks away and she's standing in the middle of the intersection going, are you insane? You just fired me and now you want me to go on a date with you. What is wrong with you? And that was surprising. I really liked that. Um, there were a couple other times where she stood up to him uh, when they, they, they're both at a soup place. It's kind of like a pop-up shop, food truck sort of thing. Yeah, and he's like, sit in front of me and you think she's gonna say no and then she does and you're like worried that she's going to make googly eyes at him and instead she's like i don't 
don't understand. She just goes off on him for Why like 10 minutes. am I fired because I'm a woman? This is ridiculous. Like, and I actually really liked that. I was really surprised by that. It's like, what's your deal? Some woman hurt some woman hurt you, and now yeah. you got to take it out on everybody. Yeah, and you're she like, totally. Yes, Yo She totally called it, and I, I like her moments of I wouldn't say clarity, but the moments where she really stands up for herself mm. and for the restaurant like at one point she says you know this isn't your restaurant it's not my restaurant it's the customer's restaurant like it's customer's kitchen yeah i mean it's not saying anything groundbreaking but it or like you know mind-blowing but it does at least have something to say well it's got sometimes. some heart to it right like this philosophy of like that's the thing with the great pickle war like the yeah. customers want pickles yeah but shep due to his training or whatever or you know kind of looks down on that and thinks like i know better yeah it's healthier. It's better for you. Like he's deciding what these people should eat. The people who want the pickles are like, no, but the customers want them. You know, we should just give them what they want. Yeah. Okay. It's not mind blowing, but I mean, you're at least putting something there aside from like just the two of them making goo goo eyes at each other for 65 minutes. And it's a lot of fun. And it is super fun. And it makes me really hungry. So just if you're going to watch this, I, just I, I guess I just, I know, I know I couldn't hack it, but I think part of me thinks I missed my calling because I just always. Love food. Sucker. But I don't watch like MasterChef or any of that, but yeah. I just get I get sucked into cooking shows. You shows, can make shows around kitchens. What is it called? Tuna helper for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> man, if Shep ever got a taste of my <laughs> tuna Oh Gratin tuna helper, man. Man. He'd be dating me. Hard <laughs> <laughs> uh. eyes. What are we giving pasta, Caitlin McKinnon? It's really hard because this is definitely not for everyone. But it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible show, but if you if you can forgive tropes and whatnot. I'm going to give it a, like a seven, seven and a half, awesome. I'll say. Seven and a half kick punches. It was a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to continue watching it. Nothing's going to get done uh, because I'll be watching this television Friends, show. I am stunned. This is <laughs> not how I thought this was going to go at all I you would have known if, if I, I desperately wanted to text you while i was bawling my eyes out <laughs> being like what have you done oh uh, the count of three let's give it a good yay shep one two three yay shep <laughs> moving on it's what i brought you medium debut medium oh because kind of it's the first time we've done first a video time game. we've done this first game first video game and that video game is Tales from the Borderlands. Tales from the Borderlands. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of rundown, audience, about what Tales from the Borderlands is. Um, it was released in 2014. It's an episodic graphic adventure comedy video game. That's actually the name of it. And it is based on the Borderlands series, which um, I believe was made by a company called Gearbox. Yes. I think that's the name. Um, but this game was actually made by a company called Telltale Games. And they have done a couple of these episodic graphic adventure comedy <laughs> video games. If you're a gamer and you hear Telltale, you know what it is immediately. Yes. Um, and they've done uh, a Walking Dead one, and they've done uh, the Wolf Among Us one. Tied into the Vertigo comic, or uh, based on the Vertigo comic fables. Yeah. Basically what it is... It's a and point and click. It's a point. It's a point. Kind of point and click. Kind of. Um, but it, it it is it is telling a story. It's very story driven. Yeah, which is one of the things I really liked about it. And this particular game uh, or story rather takes place after the second Borderlands game, primarily on the planet Pandora, which features heavily in the uh, Borderlands games, Borderland games. Um, and there are two main characters, which you switch back and forth between playing, mm -hmm. which are Reese, who is sort of like a corporate hack. 
and he's he works for the Hyperion Company. The Hyperion Company, which is based off world. Yep, and uh, j- uh, and a little. It's in between uh, the moon of Pandora and the planet of Pandora. Yes. It sort of sits there and rotates around the planet. Um, and then you also play uh, Fiona, who is based on Pandora, who is a grifter and is always trying to get a big break to get out of there with her sister, Sasha. Yes. The plot is basically for that Reese finds an opportunity with his friend Vaughn to basically make a deal so that he can find something called a vault key. Vaults are play a big role in Borderlands. Um, there are vault hunters. It's basically the big score. They're ba- basically treasure finders yeah. or what's another word for it? explorers in a way um anyways they they get this opportunity to make this big deal and fiona and her sister sasha as well as their sort of mentor felix has put up or has created this this grift basically this yes and sort of it goes from there you end up having to band together to survive a whole bunch of stuff on pandora um shenanigans ensue Reese and Vaughn show up with $10 million of essentially stolen money yes. to buy this vault key uh, and screw over, get back at some guy who screwed over Reese. Can you tell who the writer is between us? <laughs> Let's boil this down real quick. Um, that's the first half of, or the first quarter of the game. You see this deal uh, go bad from Reese's perspective. And then you see what has actually happened, which is that the th- item they are being promised, this vault key, vault key, is a fake it is, fabricated yes. by Felix and Fiona and Sasha. So not only are they trying to get one over on Vaughn and so Vaughn and yeah, Vaughn and Reese, who are the buyers, um, but also trying to get one over on this guy, August, who is the seller yes. of the item as well. Uh, so they're double crossing both of them. The item ends up breaking. Yep. Things go awry. Yes. And now the money is gone. The money gets yes. stolen by a third party and, our quartet of Reese Vaughn, Fiona, and Sasha are now banding together under the promise to like split the money. Yeah. Get the money back and split the money. And that is basically what this first episode of the game is about. takes you through. Um, and part a big part of it is making choices. So they you you were given options about the way the story will play out, and you have to decide in a short amount of time what option you're going to take. Don't play this game when you're sleepy. <laughs> no, not not a good call. I was very sleepy. Um, so some history about how I know about this game. I shook myself awake at the last minute more than a couple times and oh, just mashed the button. <laughs> that's not good. Um, I actually have not ever played Borderlands. Neither have I. Um, I have played... Hold on. I'm going to get the exact name of what it is. I've played episodic graphic adventure comedy <laughs> video games. Well, it wasn't a comedy video. It was a drama video game before, which was the Game of Thrones one. Right. They did a Game of Thrones one as well. I couldn't handle it because like all the outcomes were negative. Like No matter what, you die. Imagine like, that. A Game of Thrones game. Yeah. Was and I just was like, I can't deal. Um, and so we actually ended up trying this one because it was free. Mm. And I was like, I've heard good things about Borderlands. A lot of these are, it should should be said, uh, yeah, to break down the economies of these games. Usually, they're episodic. Yep, so the first episode is free. And it gets, I played the whole thing, and it took like a solid four hours. The first, actually, the first episode is very long. Mm. It's extremely long. I don't um, know, maybe the other ones are as long, but I found that this one was was longer. There than were the like others. three times where I thought it was going to end. It was like the, uh, it was like the end of lord of the rings like i thought it was gonna end three <laughs> times and it just didn't um and then if you would like to continue playing you either buy a season pass 
where you get all of them as they are released yeah. or you buy them individually as they are released. They usually do about five per game. Um, and as Caitlin said, they're always very decision-based, like how you react to things, choices you make. Yeah. The choices you make will carry through. Characters will remember how you have treated them, yep. if you've done right by them, if you've trusted them, or if you've been an asshole. This could then impact how things play out in later installments of the game. It's, oh, what were those books called? Choose Your Own Adventure. Choose your own, it's like a Choose Your Own Adventure, but yeah. in video game form. So, Jordan, did you like it? Oh, wait, I haven't got to the part about if I liked it. Did you like it? Um, you liked it enough to give it to me. I did. I actually, I liked it so much. I was so impressed with the writing. I couldn't get over how good the writing was. And to think that they, because I've played in the entire game at this point. You played all the episodes? I've played all the episodes. I know. It wasn't free, and I played all the episodes. <laughs> hey. That means a lot. And to think that they basically wrote so many versions of the story to get all the different dialogues. Yeah, and I'm sure if you were to like look up a decision tree of how they can all play out based on the decisions, it gets yeah. really intense. And it tells you at the end of each chapter how many other people mm-hmm. made the same decisions, which I think is a, a cool aspect as well. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely adored it. Really what stuck with me was the, was the writing and the dialogue. It was fantastic. And that's the main takeaway here because it's generous to even call it a game. Yeah, I guess so. You're essentially watching an interactive cutscene that's like four hours long. Occasion, you can die. There are things where it's all what they call quick time events, and these yeah. are the things that I think I'm sure they existed before God of War, but that was the first the PS2 game God of War, but that's the first time I think on a large popular game they were used. Whereas like you will watch something playing out. And then you have to like hit a button at the right time for the scene to continue, or aim at something and or hit it at the right aim, time. or like there's or a scene press X X X and then Y when the when you know Reese has been on Pandora for all of five minutes before he's being attacked by bandits and you're running from them, yeah, and some guy tries to attack you and you have to like twist the stick on your controller a certain way so he dodges a axe, axe swing or something, yeah. and that's what happened. That's one of the times where I drifted off. I've, I got sleepy <laughs> and the controller like buzzed and I shook awake and I was like, oh, I died. It's not a, you know, the game saves it, saves checkpoints very frequently. You never have to go back and do a bunch of shit over again when it does. Yeah. Usually. And once you figure out, oh, I have to do this at that time, that's it. You're not going to be running up against a wall. Yeah. Story is king for these games. And like Caitlin said, with zero familiarity about this universe or these characters or anything. Yeah. This game got at least four solid guffaws (gasps) out of me. Four solid guffaws. There were actual LOLs. Out of this oh game. man yeah. it is exceptionally well written is exceptionally acted troy baker does the voice of reese i had to look it up because he sounded familiar and uh laura bailey does the voice of fiona and chris hardwick does vaughn apparently which i did not oh, know really? just to chris hardwick i feel to a certain extent if like jennifer hale is the queen of voice acting troy baker if he ain't the king he's He's taken shots for the king. He was Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. Yep. He's done a billion things. He was the dude in Last of Us. I can't believe he was Booker DeWitt. Yeah. Because that's a very different voice. Yeah. He's done He's done a bunch of stuff. And I even looked it up because he did sound... It's at the point now where I've played... I haven't played games in a long time. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm poor. Yeah. I bought a sexy new phone and can't afford a current generation gaming system. And I'm looking forward to being brokenhearted by all the news coming out of E3 this week. Right. Um, or vegetables. You can't also afford vegetables. Uh, I want to play the Final Fantasy XII remake so bad. But yeah, I recognized his voice. I have played, Bi- I have played Bioshock Infinite. Which is um, funny because 
we recognize Fiona's voice, like Laura Bailey's voice. Oh, did you? Because she's the voice in um, Saints Row. She's the best. That's why I knew her. She's the best female voice in Saints Row. That's why I knew her. Um, and it's funny because I was of the opinion many, many years ago, and I, I hated Saints Row. I was like, this is awful. I'm amazed that you like Saints Row, to be honest. And then we started playing it, and something happens when you make, like, when you make your character female, it changes the entire story experience. Like, it just... I picked a female. Yeah, it, my character it just it it makes the story so much better, and she's definitely by far the be- the best uh, voice of any of them. Um, so yes, solid guffaws out of this game for me. Loaderbot is my everything. Oh, Loaderbot is everything. <laughs> At one point, when the deal is going bad, you have your one friend remaining on Pandora who sends you some backup, and this is the most action part action packed portion of the of this chapter, anyway. Um, where you're the most involved. There's like a Death Race 2000 Mad Max Fury oh, Road scene later scene. on. But you don't do as much. This part's pretty active. You have to aim and shoot things. Um, yeah, sends down Loaderbot, which is just this tank-like mech thing. <laughs> refers to you as his, as his father. Yeah. <laughs> and I read up, he's a char- Zero is a character from the actual games, apparently, yep. that ninja guy. Yeah, there's a and couple of them, yeah. There's a scene where you have now split up Again, this nice little narrative trick. You spend half the game with Von, the Von Sasha pairing. Yep. Or, sorry, the uh, uh, Fiona Sasha pairing yep. and the Von Reese pairing. And then they get separated and you play the second half of the game with a Von Fiona pairing and a Sasha Reese pairing. Yep. It's just good, solid narrative storytelling. But there's a scene where Sasha and Reese are... <laughs> they're trying to get out of some pit or get an elevator to operate or something. And they have, they inadvertently let loose. I don't know if they're called skags or something. These yeah, like, that's right. They look like bulls who've been turned inside out. Um, <laughs> they get saved at the last minute by Zero, who has an, his own job. He's off doing other things, and he like attacks it. And then you're given, like Caitlin said, decision based. So a scene will play out. You'll watch some stuff, and then there'll be a moment where you're given a choice of four things to do, or specifically or to say. To, to say. Um, usually one is positive, one is negative, one, one is silence. There's always the option to just not say anything. Yeah. And then there's one that's kind of in between, in between and tries to play it both ways. And so after he does all this stuff, you know, Zero comes down and he like chops things up and he looks at you. And one of the options for Reese to say is, you are so cool. Which is the one we chose. <laughs> the one we chose too. <laughs> one I chose too. And when you do, he looks at you and he's got, so he's a ninja and he's got like a full face helmet on, but the face will like display emoticons. Yeah. So when he looks, you say he's so cool and he looks at you and gives the like less than, less than symbol three for like a heart. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> that was one of the guffaws. <laughs> Zero made me guffaw a couple of times with the, with the whole emoticon on the helmet thing. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. I don't have a lot of experience. I've only played the walking dead one, so I don't have a lot of experience with these. I don't know. It's not the sort, it's not a binge thing. I don't think I could binge it. Right. Um, if I were to go back and investigate, if I was to go back and get like all five episodes, it would take me a while. Um, I wouldn't even say I would do like a chapter a day. Like I would space it out to like a chapter a week. Right. Um, because like I said, it's not much of a game. It doesn't involve a whole lot from you aside from the decision making. It is an intensive thing to go through because you are paying attention. I'm amazed I liked it as much as I did because normally I don't like games where I feel that like every decision I'm making is like ticking a box. Right. That's why I couldn't do Fallout. I tried doing Fallout 3 and... Really? I couldn't do it. Oh, see, um, I, I 
I, the nice thing with Fallout 3 and even um, Mass Effect is they give you a scale. Like, you know when you're getting evil. I, I didn't like, I just didn't like this idea of like every decision, everything I did, something popping up in the corner being like, no, nah, that was evil. <laughs> um, and th- to be fair, this doesn't do that all the time. I don't know if every decision you're presented with, yeah. there is an ideal outcome. Because you'll know when something has is going to have an impact. Yeah. There was a moment where, like, I told Vaughn that, well, like, we were in this together. Or, like, I w- didn't take all the credit for something. Yeah. And then, boop, pops up in the corner. It's like, Vaughn will remember that. So, you know, I'm building the good relationship with Vaughn. I don't know if there's, like, a positive outcome to every scenario. So it made me feel like when it didn't happen, well, am I failing? Right. Um, Like, is there a best possible outcome for every decision placed in front of you? Or are some of them just, like... For funsies. I definitely know there's one. <laughs> I screwed up where, um, oh, what that shade? That's his name. He looks like Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. I like slapping him a lot. That was fun. He keeps <laughs> jumping out and scaring you. And he did, like I said, I was very sleepy. He did legit startle me the first time he, <laughs> first time he showed up. Um, and one of the options is to just slap him. <laughs> and I just like, fuck you. Uh, and then he does the same thing for, to Fiona. And you can slap him again as Fiona. But there's a moment where clearly, like, he's going on about it. I don't have any friends. You're like crawling through this air duct. And it's like, I have no friends, blah, blah, blah. And you have the choice to either like let him hang out or yeah. shoo him away. And I shoot him away. And then he gets killed later on. And it's like, okay, see where that one went. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> definitely would have had an impact. I think it definitely would have gone a different way had I go had I gone back and uh, and told him he could stay. And so like, this is where these games really succeed is their replayability. Oh yeah, that like, immediately when we finished, we were like, okay, let's let's start again. Restart and you know re-see where the uh you know make different choices and see how the outcomes and it's kind of it's really interesting it's kind of like an interactive movie that way yeah like i would love to go through the adventure with the characters again and see what other decisions do like i said and like caitlin said even though neither of us had any previous experience with this universe there's no real barrier to entry no not at all and it made it made me want to play the borderland games i was really bummed out i thought i had downloaded i think it was i think it was a free with gold game uh earlier in the year and i thought i had downloaded it but i hadn't and i was really super bummed out i think we've got it if you want it to borrow it yeah we might have to figure that out uh or i'll just i'm sure it's like four dollars at a used game store i'm sure i can pick it up um last thing i need to do is be (laughs) how dare you get me back into video games caitlin mccann is the last thing i need um how dare you get me into korean dramas i'm not gonna get anything done <laughs> this is a terrible week this is really the, this is really the you know damoclean sword of this show for both of us where it's just like at any moment something could like resonate with us so much that it just ruins our lives yeah but yeah su- super fun crazy good well written crazy good well I c- acted i couldn't get over the dialogue like could not i so many times i just stopped and was like this is a me this is so well written um and this is coming from a guy who has like gamed through the uh early vo era uh, yes. of video games where it was just terrible yeah so the fact that you know whether it's the actors or the writing or the actors now take video games seriously and put more effort into the performance i don't know and the cool thing about the game is even when i thought there were things i was butting up against from a narrative perspective mm-hmm. so when the deal is first being made yeah and, you know, we got the money. August doesn't want to do it at first. I was supposed to deal with this guy. You yeah. give your nice, you know, you give your speech to convince him to yep. sell it to you. And then Sasha changes her mind and she just like has a bad feeling. I'm like, what is this? Why, how are you trying to like extend this 
scene. Like, this is really dumb. Like, why are you... But then you see the side, you see it from Fiona's side, and there's a reason for everything why that was happening. Yeah. So that's how tightly written this is, where even if you think something is dumb or lazy, there's probably, you know, rest assured there will probably be a reason for it. Yeah. Um, And if you are a fan of Borderlands, it does tie into the second game quite a bit. Mm-hmm. apparently um i had no idea who handsome jack was but nope. handsome now ja- we do handsome jack is dead in borderlands 2 or by the end of borderlands 2 spoilers for that game but he makes a return of sorts in this game yeah uh, but like see I, I had to look that up the hologram that only reese can see shows up at the end of the game i was like okay that's probably not good and then i look things up later and i'm sure it's explained as you go through the yeah the entire game but definitely in that first part, I was like, no idea who that is, but it's probably not good. And and you're going to kill me. I might have to, like, give you some money to play the rest of it because it gets so much better. Like, there's just, there gets so much better. Um, that's the other thing. It really keeps the same level of writing throughout the entire thing. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is, I mean, if we're talking, it seems like I'm not spending that much time talking about it, but it was just, it was just good. Like, the whole thing was good yeah like even though what like i said for even though it's not a game as we traditionally think of a game there's not a lot to do you're spending a mo- more time watching you know they're very skilled the people at telltale have always been very skilled about giving you just not enough time to make your decisions yeah that you panic yeah <laughs> <laughs> really shows what kind of person you are <laughs> both of us um because it's like you're given the option to say something and then that bar is just shrinking down and it's yep. like I don't even have time to read all of these. What do you need to do? Hit a button. I did think the controls were wonky uh, a couple times. I mean, this is, you know, that's not the point. I mean, to get lost in the weeds of like the game experience is not the point because it's barely a game. Um, But I did think it kind of had that like Resident Evil where like you're walking on a, you know, when you go to like a, like, I guess it would have been up here, like Centerville back in the day where it's like, it's a car and it can move a little bit, but there's always that rod in the middle of it that keeps the car from veering off. Yeah. That's kind of what you're, walking on yeah <laughs> like like you can walk man and you... i got that analogy so hard i was Woo! like yes i know exactly what you're talking about back in back at home it was Boblo, and it was actually my favorite thing of Boblo. i used to love that thing so much um <laughs> kids want to ride roller coasters it's like i just want to drive the old-timey cars around the <laughs> island um but yeah that's that's what it's like you know some of the walking you know you're hitting invisible walls all the time you can yeah. look at stuff even the writing put into like you don't have to look at everything. This is what always blew my mind about Skyrim. Like, they wrote all those books in Skyrim. Yeah. This is the same thing. You don't have to look at all this stuff that you can look at. But if you're, you know, a thorough nerd like me, and presumably you are, you mm-hmm. will look at everything. Oh, and you will read yeah. every word presented to you. And It, it was funny. It's all really funny. <laughs> the fact that they would even put that effort in there to give you a little, <laughs> as you're reading it, is like, that's the type of detail we're dealing with with these with this game and with telltale games as a whole you know their next one's gonna be batman really they've got the batman license <gasps> telltale's gonna do a batman game we will probably so... see something about it this week at, at e3 but oh that's exciting it is exciting that may be the first one i ever really sink my money into i've never written to a star or somebody famous <laughs> or a company or no, <laughs> no, no, a fan I, letter before the only time i've ever really wanted to do it um was with fred penner who I absolutely adore in another universe. He's actually my father. I'm sure of it because I have this weird. It may also be because he has a beard and my dad has a beard. But anyways, <laughs> Fred Penner. I absolutely adore Fred Penner. And once upon a time, I was going to write him a letter just being like, you make me so happy. Please keep doing what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> Stay come the to course, Hamilton. Fred Penner. I come to Hamilton and play. I will come see you. 
I'm 26. <laughs> I'm a little older than 26. No, you were 26 when you wrote the letter. I mean, oh no, this is this is like a year ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, anyways, so but I I didn't end up doing it. I I legitimately want to write to Telltale Games and be like, please do another one of these Borderland ones. Um, I mean, they could. The whole point is it's Tales of the Borderlands. They just pick two characters and yeah. tell the story in this environment. Or continue the story. Like, I legitimately want to write to them and just be like, "You please let me. And also, please let me work for you. Um, and teach me the ways of amazing dialogue. Like... That's how much I love this game. Um, so how much did you maybe not love this game, but like this game? It was an eight. It was an eight? Yeah. <gasps> That's so exciting. If, the, if it had been written worse than it was, yeah. it would have been like cool and like a six and a half to a seven. Right. But like it, the game legit made me laugh like yeah. four times. So three of those times were loader. But, so the, but <laughs> the, trick to, the trick is then to get you to laugh and me to sob uncontrollably. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> this is really saying a lot about us and our relationship and <laughs> what, <laughs> what we, what we enjoy. Uh, I, I like the larfs. Caitlin likes the sobs. Uh, I don't know if I'd like them, but they're very cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> they're very, they're very, they do a lot towards getting you to, uh, to engage and connect with a, with a cultural property. Yeah. So yeah, oh, this is uh, this is Tales from the Borderlands. Like Caitlin said, it is five quote unquote episodes. You can play the first one for free on your Xbox, on your PS3, on your iOS or Android device. It should it's, be said. I I, I literally, literally had to put release date late in 2014 because the number of places and the number of different formats was just so extensive <laughs> that I was got like released on everything at different times. Yeah, yeah October, you, November. December. If you have something that can play a game. This can probably be played on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can check that out. Pasta, if you want to watch it, it is on. I gave Caitlin uh, the site Vicky, which is like a global fan sub site. They buy the rights to television shows and then say have at it. Fan subbers, if you know Korean, you can sub it. Caitlin said she did not have a problem with that site. Uh, oh. It actually is also on uh, the Netflix of K dramas, uh, Drama Fever. Which you can watch on there with what I think are better subtitles. Caitlin didn't have a problem with that. I just thought the timing of them was weird. But it's on Drama Fever as well. You can watch it for free, for nothing. You don't even have to make an account. I don't think you can just go and watch it. It's there. You might have to sit through an ad, but I did not. I watched all these episodes on on the site, on my laptop, with no ads. And yeah, that's how you can check out each of these things. Fantastic. That we both really enjoyed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you have seen something in the past or if you watch slash play either one of the things we brought today we would love to hear from you and if you check either of these things out based on our recommendations we would love to hear that too and there are many ways you can let us know either emailing us geekdownpod at gmail.com on twitter at geekdownpod we have a tumblr page geekdownpod.tumblr.com and we also have the facebook group which is http Oh, no. <laughs> Jordan just gave me one of his looks. No, I was going to do it with you. Oh, oh. HTTP uh-huh. uh, colon, colon. Uh, forward, forward slash forward slash www.facebook.com forward slash forward slash again. Geek Down Pod. Geek Down Pod. Yeah. Dot HTML. Is it dot HTML? No, it's not. I was going to say. Just stop after Geek Down Pod. Geek Down Pod. Also... If you feel like it, if you have the time, we would really appreciate if you could possibly rate or leave a comment on iTunes. Leaving a comment is great, but even just clicking that old five stars really does a lot for us. 
um, something tangible we can look at because as we mentioned last week getting statistics for podcast broadcasting not the easiest thing in the world it is very difficult um so if we could sort of figure out some count great if it is only the six of you listening thank you so much for listening we really appreciate that thank you so much all six of you and then i guess we would say my name is caitlin mckinnon my name is jordan ferguson and we will see you next week on the geek down Okay, that was, a, that was a good episode. It was a good episode. We both like a high five. High, high five, yeah. We both liked everything. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> episode 20! Episode 20. ever been polite company that's true you are a horrible human being <laughs> and are mean to yeah. skinny hairless <laughs> people who don't say that <laughs> on mic <laughs> i'm uh, totally leaving that in. <laughs> that's, that's the tag for the four people who listen who know about it